We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. episode here of setting the pace and today we are excited because the indiana pacers regular season starts against the washington wizards i'm joined today by your favorite co-host the one and only michael j Fachi. Fachi, what's going on brother hey there was just something about watching real regular season nba basketball tonight that made me miss the pacers even more as you're listening to this it's game day everybody the indiana pacers are back in a action at home against the Washington Wizards. I don't know about you. I don't want to call it a tune-up fight, but Alex, this feels like the perfect warm-up to get into the regular season. Start with game one. I'm all in. Yeah, it definitely feels like it could be a trap game just because it is what everyone I think has ranked as the worst team in the NBA, the Washington Wizards. They have a misfit roster, but Jordan Poole could go off for 40 points or go off for 10. So you just you just never know what's going to happen with him. Kyle Kuzma, Rick Carlisle said it today on the radio. He is a guy that has had success in Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So we'll see how the Pacers defend him and Obi Toppin. That's going to be a good first matchup for him in uh, his debut with the Pacers in the regular season. But with that being said, I think that we need to go ahead and just let everybody know that if you were a little confused this morning when you pulled up your podcast feed, you may have saw a different logo than the original one that you have been seeing for the past couple of years. Well, that is because... We have rebranded our logo. Our artwork is completely different. Uh, Decided that the blue, yellow, and black was fun while it lasted, but it was time to go back to the original colors of the navy and gold that represent this Pacers team so well. So if you like the new artwork, let us know. There's going to be merch coming out in the near future for uh, for this new artwork. But Fachi, what are your thoughts on the new artwork? I love it. It's clean. And I feel like just like this Pacers team, we're raising our expectations. We're raising our game. We want to bring a little 
little, little fresh look to the table for setting the pace. And I think we have made some changes, whether it's the, the Twitter and Instagram handle, whether it is the logo, some other stuff I might not mention yet. We'll have to wait and see. But we're, we want to let you guys know we're not just, uh, you know, rolling with the same old, same old. We're looking to step our game up just like this team. I love the new logo. Yeah, I think it's pretty sharp. And I went back and forth with our graphic designer, just trying to make sure that we perfected it to get it exactly how we wanted it. So hopefully you guys can pay attention to all the details that were put into this to make sure that it is definitely Pacer-centric and using the P of the Pacers to kind of have setting the pace in there is, is really cool. And we also wanted to kind of go with our acronym a little bit more, STP. It's a little bit easier to say, and it's kind of easier to put on a, on a graphic as well. So if you notice that, uh, STP acronym up there in the left corner of the artwork. It is something that I thought was really important for us. And if you've noticed, we are Pacers Pod STP on Twitter and on Instagram. So that is what is exciting to to announce as well. But we've got ourselves a game. We've also got ourselves a great conversation with Dustin Dopirak, who just wrote an incredibly great feature on Tyrese Halliburton. Like he said at the end of the pod, it will take you your entire lunch hour to read it because it is a lengthy piece. But um, we definitely enjoyed talking about that. And then he did want us to let you know that he has a piece out on OB Toppin that is of similar length and kind of dives into the uh, the backstory of OB Toppin and what got him here to this point in his NBA career. So I, I think those are going to be great. Dustin does a great job writing. But any big takeaways from Dustin and our conversation with the Uh Just that, hey, he's getting a great sense of, of being around this team, in specific Tyrese Halliburton, and just how you know, we've talked to him about being the engine, but it's just like, Tyrese's mood on any given day can set the tone for this Pacers team. And, and it, it just shows that, hey, we, we come and go by Tyrese Halliburton. That's where everything, you know, really starts. That's where everything really ends. And just I'm really excited for that Obi Toppin article because I feel like Obi's someone where, you know, we're not really given a lot of interviews out there. You don't hear about Obi Toppin all the time, but he's that player that we want to learn more and more about. So I'm anxious to read that article. Yeah, for sure. I think that Obi Toppin has been a fascinating player to look at during the preseason and kind of just get a feel for what he could be here with the Pacers. But let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll bring on Dustin Dopirak, the beat writer for the Indy Star. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey Pacer fans, Alex Golden here. I wanted to let you know about my new blog, The Blue and Golden. If you enjoy reading articles about the Pacers, then subscribe to my Substack, which is 100% free. You can find the blog at thebluegolden.substack.com 
or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast. If you enjoy what you're reading on the Blue and Golden, please share the blog with your family and friends. Thanks for your support of not only this podcast, but my written work that can only be found on theblueandgolden.substack.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Joining us now on Setting the Pace from the Indie Star, he is the Pacers beat writer. It is Dustin Dopirak. Dustin, good to see you, man. How are you? Doing well, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Pacers season is happening today when people are listening to this podcast. It is as it is the opening night for the Indiana Pacers versus the Wizards. So just, I guess, quickly, before we get into like all the great articles that you've been writing and, and talking about with the Neesmith extension and the Halliburton cover that you did, just your feel for this team this year heading into this season. Uh, what are your expectations? I mean, I think this should be a, a postseason team. I mean, I, I don't know that they're going to be, you know, avoid the play-in, but I think they should be at least get into the play-in. I, I think, I mean, I think it's reasonable to suggest that they should be in the top half of the play-in, you know, to be the seven or eight versus the nine and ten uh, and go in there with, with at least being in a position of only having to win you know, uh, one game and two tries rather than, you know, win back to back. Um, I, I think they, you know, I, I, I don't see why they're not there. Uh, obviously again, the East is still stacked, you know, not too many Eastern teams have fallen back, but a couple have, you know, there, there's a handful of teams that finished ahead of them last year, uh, or around them last year that have taken a, a step back as far as, you know, letting guys go. Certainly, you know, Brooklyn is a different team than that built that, uh, record that they had. Obviously they were kind of the zombie nets by the end of last year anyway, but that, that's how they'll start this year. They won't, you know, obviously won't have, uh, you know, Durant and Kyrie on the roster as they did uh, a year ago. So there, there's some opportunities to move up a little bit. And I just think uh, this team got a lot of experience together, um, you know, last season. There's certainly going to be some important new pieces that I think, uh, you know, make them better. I think they addressed some key issues. There still are issues. Uh, certainly, uh, it, you know, they they got somewhat better defensively, but there are also some things they lost. I and mean, I think you look at the starting lineup and you can say, OK, you add Bruce Brown, but you are going to move Neesmith and Nemhart back. So you really only have one guy that you really trust to guard people up there. And that's an issue. But it's a group that I think that can really score that that seems to sense that it should be a playoff team. And I think that also matters, you know, walking in with the expectation, because I think there are um, just there are things they're going to fight for that maybe they weren't ready to fight for, you know, a year ago. Um, basically, and they're, they're going to go into this thinking the entire time that they should be a playoff team um, and they're not going to want to take the foot off the gas. And if anybody's thinking, oh, get another lottery pick, let's, you know, let's take a couple guys out. They're going to resist that, uh, you know, this time around for sure. So like and I don't know, I, I think I, I am interested. I, I do think that uh, that that preseason camp took a toll on these guys, um, you know, got a sense. Tyree Tyler was like, I'm so glad camp's done. And Bruce Brown's like, Rick's been trying to kill us. Um, and I think a lot of that just I mean, uh, there there is something that uh, there is a toll from the competition. I think from the fact that you're throwing out 15 guys and you could any one of those 15 guys can play anybody on that, that has a standard contract on that team. You can put them out to play basketball in the NBA and, and feel trustworthy enough that they're going to be able to produce whether they like you're, you know, whether you're asking them to score or defend, they can do something that uh, makes them a, a worthy NBA player uh, and even a rotation player. But five of those guys are not going to do that, you know, at, at least out of the start, maybe four. I mean, maybe they'll have like an 11 man rotation and, 
you know, switch up a little bit, uh, you know, with that second unit. But uh, these guys have had to go really hard to fight each other. I think that there's there's been some level of toll there. I think it's a group that that has maybe is a little bit more tired than they usually are coming out of camp. Um, but I do think that there's going to be some long term payoff for that as well. Having to fight, having to push, you know, having everybody really, really locked in can help them long term. It, it just seems like a team that's that's ready to take a step, um, you know, towards being a, a being a franchise that's in a better place than than they were a year ago. Absolutely. And talking about a year ago, I mean, from covering the team last year to this year, I mean, what's the biggest difference in the vibe around the players? Maybe not uh, necessarily to say, you know, uh, how tough training camp has been, but the this group together, what's the biggest difference in the feel of it? I think there is a sense that urgency isn't the word. Obviously, it's not a situation where you've got a window closing, but I do think they sense that it's opening uh, now. Um, that, that not necessarily a title window, but a playoff window. That, that this is a group that should experience something, should experience success. Um, I think these guys are starting. You know, guys like Tyrese notice that. Okay, I haven't been a playoff in a playoff. Buddy Heald obviously knows he hasn't been a playoff. He's been at some some you know uh, Sacramento in a not great spot, but you know he certainly wants to get in. Miles Turner, it's been a while for him. Uh, he's been there before. He knows what it looks like, but he at least knows that you know uh it, it, it's it's been some time he knows what it's like when you get there but he really wants to get back um and i think they I, I think one thing tyrese halliburton said today was that he likes the idea that there are expectations you know it was fine last year having sort of that joy ride where you finish 10 12 games ahead of where everybody expects you to finish um but in a way it's better to say okay you come in people are expecting you to be a playoff team they're coming in with some level of expectation and you have to meet it um you know and and they think they deserve that they deserve to be in that position um and so i think that's maybe the biggest thing is that there's they're not walking around like they don't belong they 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 know that People out there, you know, people that follow the NBA really closely are saying, hey, this is a fun team. It's a team that's heading in the right direction. And they know that requires a step from them. And, and they, I think, embrace the idea of that being an expectation. Um, you know, they, they just believe that they should get in. They believe that the playoffs is something they should experience. You know, they're not thinking a lot far beyond that. Um you know, no one's talking about a championship here or anything like that, but, it, you know, they're talking playoffs. They are saying it confidently. Um, they believe that's possible. And I think they're going to be di disappointed if they don't get in. I want to talk about the the newest additions to this team, especially in that starting five, Obi Top and Bruce Brown. It felt like in the first two preseason games, we were not really sure what to expect just because Tyrese wasn't out there. But the last two games of preseason that Tyrese was there, did you get a sense or a feel for how those two will fit in with this team for this season? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, first off, you look at Obi, at the, it seems like one of the hardest things for him is going to be just not start leaking out because I think he sees every opportunity. His eyes get real big. Once the ball is anywhere near uh, somebody on the Pacers is like, OK, let's go. I'm going to go, you know, and it's like, go get the rebound, go crash. <laughs> You know, uh, because that's one thing that, that Rick Carlisle has been really clear about is you should be a better rebounder. You're 6'9", listed at 220s, probably bigger than that. Muscle, Musculars all get out and you can really, really jump and you've got great hands. You know, he's got 7.2 rebounds per 36 in his career. It's like you should do you should do better than that. Yeah. You can you can be a real big time rebounder and you should be. And, you know, we're going to push that. And so obviously our biggest thing is just having Obi has the sense that this team really cares about him, wants to get him better and is not 
more way more focused on the guy that's ahead of him in the depth chart you know i mean like he comes in as a rookie and all of a sudden julius randall's an all-star and getting a max deal and so all this you know he's the biggest investment they have um as a franchise you know he was just a lottery pick and all of a sudden he's forgotten about um and he can sense that that's not going to be the case this year at all like they they see that there's opportunity uh for him to have a far more productive year that he's ever had he really fits just with the up-tempo scheme but it's just saying all right take it back one notch so that you're rebounding, you know, make sure that you're doing that. Just become an adequate defender. You don't have to be a great defender. Just be an adequate one, be able to handle your average power forward. Now you don't have to be, you know, like just stoning Giannis for, for you to be effective on the team. Like you, but you've just got to be able to, to cover an average power forward. You've got to be able to switch onto guards and not just get blown by and give up layups. You know, it's just be able to be that good on defense, be able to rebound and you are going to get rewarded. Like you've never been rewarded in your whole career. And you know, that, that I think there's a sense that, that they know that Obi can do that. And you saw that, I think in the preseason games that, he already knows he can really run. I think they, you, you also see the potential for the interplay between he and Miles Turner. And and I think that has a chance to be really fun. I thought, think, uh, you know, like he certainly is a, Obi's a really good screen and roll guy. And that's one thing that Anthony Grant told me I, when I, I'm also doing a, a piece on Obi that's going to land tomorrow that, that should be, you know, out there. And one thing, um, you know, Grant told me, he was like, he is one of the fastest guys I've ever seen at any level and get, getting in and out of ball screens. And so that's a, another reason why he gets a lot of those lobs, basically, is he's able to set that screen and slip really, really fast, get to the rim. He's just so fast for a guy his size and got really good hands, too. I mean, like he really, really could have been a tight end, you know, seriously, you know, no doubt about it. With the size he's got, the athleticism he's got, the hands he's got, all of those things come together. And so that makes him a really good rim attack guy. But if but if bodies are going to follow or somebody's going to tag you know, there's op- there's options for Miles Turner. I, mean, I think you saw a really clear one. Um, I think it was in the first game Halliburton was back. You saw Ty, uh, you sort of cut off the screen, take two bodies with him. Uh, Miles' man tagged in the middle and Miles was in the corner by himself and it was wide open. And I think Halliburton and Miles already know how it's going to be. I think Obi's figuring it out. You know, like that. This is going to be the, sometimes you're going to run to the rim and the ball's not going to be there. It's going to be in Miles' hands and that's fine. You know, that's not a problem at all, but there's going to be um, if Miles's man tags down to Obi, uh, you know, uh, like on the screen and roll, there's going to be an opening for Miles to hit threes and those two guys can play off each other. Same thing is going to work when it's Miles who's rolling. You know, there's going to be that same corner is going to be there for Obi and his man might be tagging down on Miles. Um, so you're seeing that, that there's a lot of potential there for what Obi can be. Bruce, um, I thought what I thought was really interesting, about Bruce, and he couldn't shoot at all the first two games. Right. And when he starts working with Halliburton, he's like, man, there's going to be openings here that I didn't even know were possible. Uh, and certainly he's played with Joker, so he gets it to some extent. You know, so it's not like he's never played uh, with a really dynamic guy who wants to pass the ball and set you up. But the, another kind of deal, like Ty kind of cut down off the left elbow, kind of through the nail and then just turned around and basically handed the ball to Bruce. And he's like sitting there, it's like, and there's nobody in front of him. He's got like both of those guys have collapsed far enough in and Ty's got that length where like the front of him, where they're waiting to defend him and where he hands the ball, the edges of his fingers, like no one's getting past that. Bruce is that open. And Bruce is just like, I guess I'm going to shoot this then. Sure. Yeah, that works. And, and knocks it down. Um, So he really, I thought saw just what more was capable possible for him. 
offensively when he's on the board with with Halliburton when uh you know he's going to get shots he got a skip pass in the corner at one point he was like well I didn't even I didn't expect you to throw it to me I guess I'll shoot that too then um so he's figuring out I think what his offense can be um defense is going to be a burden on him um there really is he's going to get the the top um you know assignment every night and he needs Benedict Matherin to be able to take on the second one. That seems to be the direction that this is going. Um, you know, cause I asked Rick, like, okay, like you had two guys last year that, you know, you trusted to defend the best players in the world and you need two guys like, you know, basically because, because just about every good team you're going to play has two absolute superstars, you know, like at least if not more, you know, and you're going to deal with Boston. You've got to find a way to guard holiday and Jalen and, uh, and Tatum and somehow also have somebody to, to guard Porzingis, which you have for miles for, but like, you got to find a way to cover holiday Brown and Tatum. How are you going to do that? I don't know how they will. I really do not. Um, but you know, Matherin is going to have to be a guy who gets those assignments and he was not ready for those a year ago. Uh, Brown, Brown sticks up for him, not just sticks up that, that that's making it out to be like, he's making mistakes. Brown said, and, and he's a guy obviously that would know he's like Benedict Matherin has all the tools you need to be a great defender. You know, from just the athleticism, the build, the speed, the quickness, the agility. He has all the physical tools. It's just him getting it and understanding how to work within the team concept, how to, you know, uh, be able to communicate, know what you've got to call out, you know, make sure people are talking to you. Um, you know, so he's got to get right with that. But, you know, then there's a long way for him to go, but he's going to get those assignments. And so that means like if, if Matherin is going to be coaching Brown or Brown is going to be coaching Matherin along, Brown's got to be really good. He's got to be really good. And he had obviously some phenomenal performances defensively uh, in that playoff run. He was such a big piece, big piece uh, for Denver and winning that title. So, I mean, whatever Calvin Brown, Calvin Booth has to say, I think he's wrong. I mean, I was really impressed by what Bruce Brown did on both ends last year. Um, but he, it, the, the burden is going to be high on him defensively um, because the other two perimeter guys, Halliburton and Matherin, have a long way to go to be really good on ball defenders. Halliburton's obviously just spectacular off the ball, but on the ball, he's not locking guys up necessarily. And so Bruce Brown really has to be the guy to do that. I think this this Pacers team, as we know, they they have a long way to go defensively. And, and the goal is, can you at least be middle of the pack? Uh, top 15, top 20 defensive <laughs> team. We we have a long way to go. But one of the players you mentioned before, you, you mentioned Obi Toppin. I, you know, the Pacers did not come to an extension with Obi Toppin, but that was kind of expected. It's a big prove-it mm. year for him. But a player mm. they did come to an agreement with, Aaron Neesmith, who I felt earned that extension, and the, the Pacers obviously have big plans for Aaron moving forward. What do you think it means to the culture of this Pacers team in the last two years, or maybe even the last calendar year, you've re-signed Miles Turner, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and now Aaron Neesmith showing that they're trying to keep this young group together and that they can grow together for years to come. Yeah, no, it's a big deal. And obviously they've identified guys at, at different levels to say, we need to have you around. If 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 the vision that, that you have to say, okay, you know, when are the Pacers, when the Pacers are going to be good again, who is going to be around? Who who are the guys that you believe are going to lead you to that? Who do you have to keep to be for that to happen? Um, and they've obviously identified that again, obviously on, on very, you know, Three very different levels. Uh, certainly the cash is a lot different for each of the three guys. Um, and, you know, you have certainly Halliburton that you're, you know, given the keys to the castle and saying you are the guy, everything is is built around you. And they gave him that contract as soon as they possibly could. Like, you know, clock struck midnight. 
in the East Coast at 9 p.m. where Tyrese was in Los Angeles and the phone call was made. And it's just like, let's get this done 20 minutes later because it was just basically like, we can't wait to offer this. I mean, I remember, you know, I, I knew even from talking, um, it being around Kevin at Pritchard and then also seeing his, his sort of end of season uh, your press conference with us, you knew it, it, it was it was just a matter of just let me make the offer. You know, I, I can't wait to make the offer to say Tyrese Halliburton is the centerpiece of this franchise. Um, because that, that was a decision they've clearly made. I mean, I, I thought that was kind of a, a central piece of what uh, my story on, on Halliburton was about was just the extent to which Pritchard and the brass understand that Halliburton's a phenomenal player, but more than that, his personality, his sort of philosophy in life and then in basketball uh, gives you this huge central building block that everything else can focus around. And, and they absolutely identify that and know like, okay, this is what we want. It's not just a really good player, but it's a guy that's that brings this selfless, fun style of basketball that everybody's going to want to play. It's going to elevate the guys that are there. It is going to attract guys from elsewhere. And so he is just such a force multiplier um, as, as, as a player. And so this is just the easy choice is to lock this guy up and say, this is, you know, this is building block number one. And we go from there. Um, you know, Turner it was just, just interesting. They, they, that's another piece that they, they noticed how well he played, with Tyrese that how, how much Halliburton elevated his game. And then you could say, okay, you know, Turner's better than you realize. Like that's a top 10 center. You know, I mean, he might not never be a top five center, but he's solidly a top 10 center. And there's more capacity than they'd gotten out of him while they were dealing with the sort of Sabonis back and forth. Is he a four? Is he a five? Now that you're able to just let him be a five, let him work with a point guard who, who will reward him for all the rim running, for all the, for the pick and roll stuff, for, for getting open on a pick and pop is going to just, again, make everything feel worth it. This guy's a top 10 center and he deserves, you know, top 10 center money, you know, that, and, and that can be a, you know, another, piece you got locked up that you can go forward and say, you've got your big man, you got your big man, you got your point guard. You know, Neesmith, obviously, is something you look at a little bit differently because he's not going to be that superstar wing. I mean, I think they need one more before you're talking about when this team has a title window. It needs an all-star wing. You know, it needs an all-star caliber guy. It's somewhere between two and four. It doesn't even have to be, you know, if you think a wing is a two or a three it can be a two it can be a three it can be a four you know there, there's just got to be an all-star caliber player at one of those positions to pair with with Tyrese um you know where Matherin seems to be the guy that's that and Neesmith is not necessarily that guy but saying all right we're so sure about this guy as kind of a Swiss army knife do all the little things for you grind guy culture player you know to use Rick Carlisle's term that he used last year that I thought was really uh, good. Obviously, it's it's not as serious as this, but soldier. I mean, just in the sense of being somebody who just does what the task is and, and you know, doesn't ever question it and says, all right, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do. And I'm, I'm going to get in there and be gritty about it. That's Aaron Neesmith and saying that guy is so good at that. And that is such an important piece that we're getting this done now. You know, we're getting this done now. We're, we're, we're locking him up and saying three years. Obviously, it's it's a it's a pretty, you know, uh, team favorable thing. Eleven million. You know, obviously, it's an absurd amount of money in real in the real world <laughs> reality. And any of us would take one of those million off his hands. Um, but, you know, eleven million uh, is is certainly doable uh, by NBA standards when you're paying your entire, uh, you know, roster one hundred and thirty. Um, so he's uh, I, I but I, it just tells you something that they've identified a culture piece and saying 
that's somebody you need. That's a guy who makes a difference on a title team is, is guys who do stuff like Aaron Neesmith does. And you've already in a year, you've already, you know, kind of identified that in him and saying that's somebody you can trust to be that guy uh, going forward. And certainly he'll have opportunities for extensions in the future beyond the three years he's locked up for. Obviously, he's locked up for this year, too. So it's really four uh, beyond this. And so, you know, I, I just think it's important that they have said these are the pieces that we know. Um, we won a round and, you know, every piece that you add like that, um, you know, gets you a step closer. And again, they need more steps. Um, you know, again, a, a big piece is does Benedict Matherin, is he getting extended? What would be a year from now? What would be two years from now? I guess it would be. Probably a year from now. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think he's extension eligible a year from now. So if a year from now he's getting a Tyrese level or close to it, um, you know, contract, and then you'll know, okay, you've identified another major, major piece to what you're going to do um, going forward. But yeah, I think, well, I guess it's more from here. It'll be going into going it's, into it's two years. It'd be going, going into, into your fourth year. year. After yeah. year three. Going into your, after your third year, going into your fourth year. So like mm-hmm. just yeah. to avoid the restricted free agency. So not next season, but the season after that. Yeah, yeah. If you're getting, if you're ready to pay Benedict, Benedict Matherin, max a max deal or close to it then you'll know that they are close to being um you know what they want to be they're close to having their plan um so that's a big deal but these three are three are really really important pieces all uh, three very different levels but all, all good signs in all cases obviously yeah i mean definitely if they give ben Matherin a max extension that's that's good news for the pacers and the pacers fans because that means he has evolved into that all-star level player that they hope he can be and then you talk about aaron Newsom, i think that's a great point that you brought up just like him being a soldier I uh, read your article about that as well and just kind of getting some quotes from practice and things like that from Neesmith and Carlisle. And it's just really cool to see a guy embrace coming off the bench, being a part of Indiana culture when he was a starter for 60 games last year. I mean, you don't see a lot of guys, quote unquote, get demoted from their starting mm-hmm. position and then still sign an extension and still be happy to be here. So that is a really good point to bring up. And I wanted to go back to your, you kind of hinted at your Tyrese piece a little bit. And there were some really good stuff, like really good nuggets. And I thought it was a great piece. And Thank you. Uh, Thank you. D- definitely worth the, the time it took to write it. I'm sure it took you a long time to get all those quotes and get everything perfected there because it was a longer story, but I thought it was mm-hmm. worth, you know, worth the read. And you, you talked about Tyrese coming up as a, as a basketball fan in his young ages and, mm-hmm. you know, his dad being a coach and how the girls he was coaching, they'd babysit him and then how he would watch highlight film of Magic Johnson and that kind of stuff. So I don't know if you were trying to hint at it, but did you do like, indirectly say that Tyrese is today's modern day Magic Johnson? I'm not going that far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, I think there, in a sense, in a very specific sense, I mean, obviously, like, one major difference is Magic Johnson is 6'9", yeah. you know, bigger and capable of, you know, I mean, when he when he hit the league, he owned the league, and you knew he was going to. I mean, like, he, you know, and obviously I wasn't alive yet, so, I mean, I just know this from... <laughs> Be uh, I, I wasn't too much longer, but I wasn't born yet in 1979. Um, but you know, like obviously, he's coming off of playing this you know epic title game to beat Larry Bird first year out. Obviously, he's playing with Kareem, and that's a different story. But you know, you know, rookie season, Kareem's out, and he got has to move in and play center. Okay, to beat Philly, like there's Magic's at a different level. You know that that is a you know an all timer. You know, you still like say he's probably the best point guard you know, who's ever lived, uh, you know, you, you can make a case for Curry because the shooting was on a d- different level than magic was, but magic's just overall capacity as a basketball player was remarkable. He changed the game, you know, just absolutely did things that no one had done before, but 
in the set, I, I, you you see a lot of, you know, you, you can tell that he took notes. You know, you, you could tell that 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 he noticed um, what about magic was so effective as far as the way he played the game, the way he elevated teammates, the way he made everybody feel like, man, this is a good time. You know, like it, it's you never like. And and I one thing that I enjoyed uh, him sort of letting me in on, and I asked him like, "What's it like to have to be positive all the time?" Like, I mean, this one thing that coaches have said was that you know you were basically told at a pretty young age, you know, like in your teens, that like, man, if you have a bad day, everybody else has a bad day, so like you can't have bad days, and like so he has to be that upbeat all the time, you know. But it's like, all right, how do you do that? And he said, you know, sometimes you fake it, but the one, you know, the great thing about basketball is like you can try to go lift somebody else up and then that lifts you up, you know, and you, yeah. I think you see that in him. Um, you know, I don't think he was thrilled to be coming off the bench at FIBA, but you couldn't tell, you know, you could not tell. Like, I mean, he was like, if he thought he should be starting a Jalen Brunson, well, he seemed like he made best friends with Jalen Brunson. Their wives were hanging out watching those games. And he is cheering, like, more than anybody else that entire time he's on the bench. And then he comes out, and when they put him on the floor, that second unit had a blast playing basketball. I mean, like, just, you, you see when he's, when Austin Reeves dunks and Tyrese is as high as he is. You're like, that's what, those little things are things that he does to again to elevate people but also he it, it brings him joy so it's like even if he's having a bad day he's then having less of a bad day and so he can pump that back in and it's this sort of cyclical thing of joy and that's the the word his his you know his father used with me about you know how does he get how does he do that and he says are you ready for this it's one word it's joy and um that's that was magic and i think that's what he saw and then john you know both of them said this that and and when i asked tyrese about it he said you know i think my dad just wanted me to be like him you know, because because he saw in magic a manifestation, a basketball manifestation of who he was and, and, and how he operated. And I always knew that about my dad. that He was always trying to lift people up. And he saw that in magic and that I could see that on film and apply that to basketball. And, and John, I think, was a pretty good player. I don't know how far he got. He wouldn't even tell me um, as a basketball player. He must have played. I don't know how far he got. Um, but, you know, Tyrese could see that and then apply it. And so there is it's just that ability to uh infuse everybody with joy you know and that's again it's it's been so fun to watch and i'm sure you guys it just especially have enjoyed it it's just like you don't see someone too many athletes can do that you know at that level and it's just again he's like this all the time every day he's he's always thinking about it that way too like he has to be intentional like when you realize like you can't take a day off you know, like you have to be intentional about it, but you also have to know that it'll work for you and it'll pay off. And that's the other thing he said, you know, it always does pay off or whatever the, um, if you want to call it a burden is about just having to be up all the time, he gets it back at every level. He's, he has got this far because of it. And, you know, those were the things that his coaches, you know, the, the people that recruited him saw, you know, and, and like Steve Prom said, five minutes in, he was ready. And it was like, what he did on the court was cool, but it was definitely like, man, like this guy gets everybody up and he's cracking jokes with referees. Like he's acting like he's five years older, 10 years older than he is. And like he, he's known this rep for his whole life. And, you know, he just met him in an AAU tournament and all of a sudden, you know, they're best buds. I saw them. I saw him at Dizzy runs this year with Obi and he complained about every single call at a freaking pro-am, but that ref loved him. I'm not kidding. That guy was smiling the entire time. But every time that guy made a mistake, Tyrese was in his ear immediately. 
to be like, come on, man. You know, but like makes he, he makes the ref that he's complaining to enjoy himself. Like, you know, there's, there's there's literally too much stuff that I couldn't get in, but that's Tyrese. Tyrese makes the ref that he is complaining to and tell him how bad a calls he's making, have fun doing what he's doing. That's you know, not, I think that's not that's not common. No, it's definitely not. And that's why I, I loved when you mentioned now we did draw inspiration from Magic Johnson because I never really put it together, but between they both have this beaming smile that could and light up a room and then obviously the passing ability it's it's a, it's a special thing and i always feel there's a big difference between a point guard and a true point guard and that's exactly mm-hmm. what tyrese is and you mentioned mm-hmm. some great stuff about even dating back to when he was a kid he was always trying to get that last guy on the bench involved mm-hmm. get him a basket make him feel good and that's that's a tough job to be able to get all of your teammates involved mm-hmm. and engaged because we even heard guys like obi top and say or even jordan war told us once before that by yourself kind of just off in the three-point line waiting for the ball. You're mm. not as engaged. Mm. Tyrese does a great job. But also another thing that you highlighted is his parents instilled in him that ability to give back to others. It mm. didn't take Tyrese long to throw himself into this community in Indiana upon getting traded here from Sacramento. Mm. I mean, could you even dream of a better face of the franchise on and off the court right now than Tyrese Halliburton for this Indiana Pacers team. No, certainly not. Certainly not. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, it's like, I mean, they, they, it, it, the fact that they're all that way, like, I mean, when you if, if you ever get a chance to talk to John, you should. I mean, it's it's an incredible experience. The guy just is nonstop and just incredibly positive and everything, and he's constantly, you know, like, uh, like he's texting me back to me, like, I, I really think this story should, you know, it, it, it should, should include this and whatever, but it's like, once John's Halliburton's being around you, like he is determined to elevate you, you know? Um, and so it's just like, again, if you're, if you're his son, like you've got to be prepared for that all the time. Like that's good. Like you have to be predisposed to be, be willing to do that, but it's, it, it is an amazing thing to watch. Um, and yeah, I, I thought that the maturity it takes as a fourth grader, to say, you know, like, because we're talking about, like, it's one thing when you're getting Jordan Nora involved. That guy's a 13-team All-American, you know? Like, he's, like, he he happens to be 13th, 14th guy on this team. He's he, he's an All-American at Louisville. Daniel Tice, I don't know when he's going to play, but, like, that guy just got a FIBA World Cup gold medal. Like, you know those guys can play basketball. By contrast, when you're in fourth grade, the guy at the end of the bench that's not only scoring two points, like, he can barely get the ball to the rim. You know, that's what we're talking about. Like, like, as he's in fourth grade, you know, like not, that's not throwing shades. Like when you're, when you're in fourth grade, like, you know, I don't know. Like I, I scored four points in a season when I was in fourth grade. I was awful. (laughs) Scrappy defender. Yeah, truly. And so it's just like to be a a kid that's that good and can see that he's going to be really good. And to say, you know what? I care about that guy. Like that kid's not going to play that, that he's not going to make the high school team in a billion years. You know, like his last basketball game probably comes the last time that he can spend the money to make the rec league team, you know, like, uh, or, or just doesn't want to play anymore, but he's like, you know, there's, there's some kid now, now he's probably 25, uh, in Wisconsin someplace to be like that it hasn't picked up a basketball in four or five, you know, years or whatever. You could say like Tyrese Halliburton gave me assists. No doubt about it. Like, how cool is that? And he to think about that in fourth grade when you're 10 and like you're also in a position where you're like constantly competing with each other and, 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 you know, trying to show who's better than whatever. And like, you're, you're looking to kind of raise your level to be that, that giving in fourth grade to say, it's really important to me to see that kid scores, that kid gets, feels like he was here. 
That's, I mean, again, it's amazing maturity. So, so obviously broader perspective, you know, like it's hard to have a better face for franchise anywhere, you know, certainly, you know, like obviously there's a, you know, where does he rank in terms of the best players? And I, and I um, USA today, and I was, got to vote in this, just put out their top 30 um, and they put Halliburton 30th. I had him somewhere around 21st. And you, if you think about who's ahead of them, you're talking about, you know, all timers, um, you know, it was obviously Joker and Giannis and Durant and LeBron and and Booker and Lillard and, and stuff like that. And, and these guys are phenomenal basketball players. So, you know, you, you obviously just want the best player uh, to be the face of your franchise and you would be perfectly happy, boring as his face may be to have Nik- Nikola Jokic as the face of your franchise, because he's going to win your championships. Um, but, for to be able in terms of somebody that you could take out and say like look how great of a pl- of a person we have um and somebody that wherever you take is going to just naturally then feel natural where he is he is not going to be like wow i can't whoa i don't know if i could be at this place you know like just saw the the videos they showed of him like just going and hand out Kroger gift cards like again like handled them out gave a hug to whoever it was and like you could see him walking around a grocery store and seeing people in his neighborhood and giving them a big hug. Like, you know, like he's known them his whole life. Like that's, that's just how he operates um, in general. And to, and to have something like that again with a team that, you know, you're trying to, as the Pacers trying to get more, you know, fan investment and in, you're trying to kind of re, re restart that. And, and, it, and it takes obviously, you know, with the Pacers, you sort of have to, you know, because they're so big into their college teams and their high school teams, it's like, all right, call me when the Pacers are really good and I'll be there, you know? Yeah. Um, and that like, he's a guy that you could say, you need to see this, even if it's not, you know, Paul George taking you to the conference finals this year. Like you need to see this come up because you're going to want to be here mm-hmm. uh, and say that you saw it when it was becoming, because it's that fun of a thing to watch. Yeah, no, I, I think that's all great. And it's exciting to just ha- know that this guy is going to be on the, on the team for the next six years. So Tyrese Halliburton, definitely a great face for the Pacers franchise. And there's been a lot of different rankings out there for Tyrese amongst different websites talking about their top 100 players. But I don't think I've seen him any lower than 23rd. So that's Mm -hmm. really cool to see that he's a top 23 player in the league. But I wanted to talk quickly uh, as we wrap up this conversation here, Dustin, about tomorrow's home opener, or I guess you could say today's home opener when you're listening to this, Mm -hmm. against the Washington Wizards. This is a very unique team, and I know Rick Carlisle has been – pretty adamant about how this is kind of going to be a challenging game just because you don't really know what you're expecting from a new look Wizards team with all these different additions that they've made in the offseason. So Jordan Poole, Kyle Kuzma, two guys that can put the ball in the basket, the Pacers, their defense has been an emphasis all training camp long. What kind of game are you expecting tomorrow? I mean, there, there could be a lot of running here and there could be a lot of chucking it. And so, you know, I mean, I think, um, what was Poole, 1 of 16 the last time? Yeah. And then I think the time before he had 30. So like it, it's going to be one of those. And they do have to remind themselves really quickly that um, I mean, the league is what it is. You can, you know, you can get your butt beat by anybody, you know, it can happen. And so like when you're going in and you're about to face a team that everybody thinks is going to finish at the, at the bottom of the league, they need to be reminded that that's what everybody thought about them last year. Um, so I don't think you could like, th- this isn't like, you know, uh, college football season starts and you're playing a, you know, FCS team that you paid, you know, a million to come in and, and get the crap beat out of them. Like this is, they're still an NBA team. Jordan's, Jordan Poole is an NBA player who has proven he can score. Kyle Kuzma is an NBA player who has proven he can score. Uh, um, what's his name? Avija can score the basketball. Like they've got guys. Um, 
put, put the ball in the bucket. And you remember again, like, you know, uh, Brooklyn came to Gain- Gainbridge last year, sat out everybody and thumped, you know, it wasn't, the score wasn't a thump. Was the points in the paint and the rebounding were brutal. Um, and you're reminded because you're looking at that roster and you'd be like, yeah, you know what? As much as like Durant's not here, you know, Kyrie Irving's not here, you know, some of these names, you know, like Patty Mills is an accomplished international player. He's their point guard. He's just fine. Uh, you know, Markeith Morris has been in the league for how long? Like everybody got dudes. It's the NBA, you know? So, I mean, should they come out and beat the Wizards handily? They should. But that doesn't mean that Jordan Poole can't come out and just be on one um and and go off i mean like that's gonna be i mean let's be serious that's gonna be his year that guy's gonna take an absurd stupid crazy conscienceless amount of shots yeah like it is going to be just he he will operate with zero remorse whatsoever he's if if he takes 40 a night he'll be he'll love it um and that's probably a little bit too much i'm being extreme but you know what i mean jordan Poole is going to take a lot of shots yeah and so if he goes on player yeah, exactly. You sign up for that guy. He is taking all the shots. Um, <laughs> but he's obviously going to be, um, you know, you've seen great, great games from Jordan Poole. You know, like Jordan Poole has been critical for Golden State the past couple of years, just keeping them, you know, keeping them in it. Whenever Steph has gone down, you've been able to go to Jordan Poole. Whenever Clay Thompson's gone down, you've been able to go to Jordan Poole for perimeter scoring. And so he could put the ball in the bucket. Obviously, Kyle Kuzma can, Avija can. Um, you know, Tyus Jones is going to be distributing. That's a nice little player. You know, um, again, it's not as good of a team as it even was last year. Um, it should, it's not a team that's going to sniff the playoffs within 100 miles of it. But on a given night, they can put the ball in the basket. Yeah. On the given night, they can absolutely fail to do so. And, you know, would they have 90 the other night? And I think they had 130 the night before. There you go. Yeah. In preseason. I mean, that's the Washington Wizards. <laughs> you know, that's what's going to be. It is going to be an absolute adventure for that team. You know, uh, you'll see Bilal Kalabali and, and and see what he becomes, uh, you know, now that he gets to step out of the considerable Victor Wimbanyama shadow. Um, but, you know, like like they, they could have a future, but this is going to be one of those very much transition, flip it over, start, you know, start over years, and they're going to muck it up. They're going to be weird. So, you know, like it's going to be strange for them, but they, you know, that doesn't mean that they cannot beat you. And they're going to have, the Pacers are going to have to go in there and know that if they go in there with a good mindset, they should be able to win that game, but that doesn't mean that they can't lose it. I think this is going to be a great test for the Pacers because in the preseason, you play the Hawks without a few starters. You play the Cavs without a few starters. They Mm -hmm. won those games, but I don't think anyone really felt like we were really tested and no. the score honestly didn't really matter that much because a lot of the starters weren't playing in the fourth. I yeah. think that you don't want to overlook the Wizards, despite what you know Vegas has them predicted, what it, you know everybody sees them as perhaps a bottom three team. But I do think this is a great, you don't want to call it a tune-up fight, but a great first game to be able to say, okay, let's get a look at the Pacers. Because if the Pacers don't look good defensively in game one against the Washington Wizards, it could be a little bit of a long season. But I'm really excited for this one. But Dustin, I want to thank you for coming back on the show. Always great to have you on. But please tell everybody where they can find you on social media, some of the awesome content, including that Tyrese Halliburton article that you just put out. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate coming on. Yeah, yeah. Everything's uh, easy to find. At Dustin DePirac is my handle on Twitter. That's the only uh, social media I'm on. I should probably figure out something else 
at some point we're considering where things are going on that site but uh you know i uh that's that's where you can find all my social media stuff and uh indiestar.com is you know just go to the uh go to the sports and go to the pacers handle and you'll see everything there but yeah uh tyrese is out and obi toppin is going to drop so probably when you're hearing this that'll be uh out so that's two uh it's gonna t- take some time like, it might take your whole lunch hour uh to uh to read both of those it's <laughs> it's involved um so thanks shout out to my editor nat newell for uh grinding with me through that um but uh, those are both available have some other uh pre uh pre-game coverage and then we'll be uh, really bringing it uh tomorrow night after the game well we're, sorry we're recording tomorrow night and and you guys will be hearing this uh tomorrow so i'll be there uh greg doyle is going to be there chloe Pe- Hoy peterson's we're going to be there so we're going to cover uh the opener from a bunch of different angles so uh check that out and that's where we'll be all year um you know it, it gets started now i mean what three weeks? There'll be what fifteen games in. I mean, it's 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 going to come fast and furious. Now it's it, it's probably maybe not that many, but it's gonna it's about to move really really fast. Uh, so come check us out. Follow us along. Yeah, you're gonna have to rest those fingers, Dustin, because you're gonna be typing sure. a lot and uh, yeah. you're gonna have your hands full. But uh, mm-hmm. once again, always enjoy having you on, and uh, we will see you tomorrow at the game, or we'll see you at the game tonight. Like you said, it's kind of hard when you're recording the night before, <laughs> but uh, yeah. talking talking in the future is different. But I will uh, see you at the game, and it's gonna be a fun one. Sounds good. Thanks so much, guys. Bada bing, bada boom. There you guys have it. Another lengthy episode here of Setting the Pace, but we hope you guys enjoyed all the nuggets that we had there to talk with, with Dustin Dopirak talking about Tyrese Halliburton, that story, and maybe he is the modern-day Magic Johnson. Who knows? But um, I'm not going to rule it out. He may not be as tall, but he's got that uh, infectious smile, and he's also got that style of play where he loves to get everybody involved. But anything else, Fachi, from that conversation? I would just say, hey, if we can get one-fifth of the championships that Magic won, uh, sign me up because I, I'd be interested in that. And when you mentioned uh, Nuggets, I mean, Alex, watching the Denver Nuggets have their ring ceremony, it just made me just really feel like just, just give me one. Just give me one day where we could have our moment. And it just feels like what the Pacers are building right now. When we talked about it with Dustin. No, this isn't the championship year. But it feels like we're cracking that door open to really start to be able to build what could be steps in the right direction. And I know it sounds crazy now looking at the Denver Nuggets. But when you look at that team, it started with drafting Jokic, drafting MPJ, drafting Jamal Murray. Those were pieces that they brought in. The Pacers have kind of, I'm not saying their own version of that, but they have talent that they have either drafted, traded for, or and is starting to build. Mm-hmm. So this is the very start of what I feel could be a stre- uh, very special multi-year stretch for the Indiana Pacers. No, I totally agree. It's going to be a lot of fun just seeing the Pacers this year and how they evolve as a team around Tyrese Halliburton and what steps Matherin can take, what steps Obi Toppin can take in a new role. Um, how does uh, Andrew Nimhard look coming off the bench? There's just so many things to talk about, but we're finally going to see what happens in, in the regular season. We're going to see these guys play a full game, not a half game, not three-fourths of a game. It's going to be a full game with the full rotations and see what Rick Carlisle thinks is his best, you know, 10, best 11 guys out there to start the regular season. I will say this. He did say today, in and in Tuesday, I should say, in a radio interview with Kevin Bowen and Andy Sweeney on the wake-up call that Jairus Walker, he loves Jairus Walker, but he doesn't know how soon he will get into the rotation. So I think that that was kind of key there. I would not expect Jairus Walker getting minutes early on, but in a uh, in a few probably weeks, maybe a couple months, we'll, we'll probably see Jairus start to get more opportunities. I think that's that's a great uh, tidbit, you know, for Carlisle to be able to drop because I think that would have been what everybody had their eyes on of saying, like, 
where's Jarris? When is he getting in? And if you look at the preseason, you know, really strong first game when we didn't really have, you know, much of the starters out there. And then from there, his play kind of dropped off a little bit as did his minutes. Uh, and I, I do think that being a rookie big, it's going to take, take a while. Mm-hmm. It is. Jarris Walker is a very special talent that will be very good for the Indiana Pacers. But from night one, it's not going to be a given. And selfishly, I hope we blow out the Wizards so Jarris Walker does get out there and gets those minutes, those reps early on. But don't be alarmed if he doesn't because there's a big difference between this Pacers team this year compared to last year. There's real expectations. They want to win. They want to go with a little bit more experience uh, early on. And that's why I think you will see guys like Obi Toppin getting more minutes you know Aaron Neesmith feels a little bit more not a little bit far more reliable if they do want to slide him back down to the four so Jarris Walker your time will absolutely come but I do feel a little bit at ease hearing from Rick Carlisle it might not be night one yeah and that's that's a fair way to put that Fachi so with that being said I think we're all excited about this game and we're all ready to just quit talking about it and get some action to talk about so we'll be back tomorrow night after the Pacers play the Washington Wizards to give you a post-game recap. That video will be available on the YouTube channel. So we hope you guys do check that out. But Fachi, go ahead and let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPodSTP. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPodSTP. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex... Tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace, a Pacers podcast where I, like I said earlier, you can check out our post game video on there, but as well um, as checking that out, make sure you're on the lookout for our new segment. That's debuting Thursday, our fan of the week with trivia involved. So it is going to be a very fun time. It is going to be brought to you by the ripple bagel deli. Broad ripple has a great, uh, bagel deli place there that you guys are going to want to check out and they're going to be having a sandwich called the setting the pace and we will tell you what that sandwich is on thursday or you can subscribe to the blue and golden to hear and read all about that as well as get your coupon but with that being said Fachi, if you're excited that the pacers are back in action tonight then hit me with those three words let's go pacers Going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop, smooth. The headlines remind us daily: the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. 
MyPatriotSupply.com.